0: Check out podmania.co.uk to check out more of our great podcasts, features, reviews, match ratings and previews spanning the crazy and diverse world of professional wrestling. Hello, guys, and welcome to another episode of the Stardom Cast, your weekly audio source of all things world, wonder, ring, stardom, right here on the Podmania Podcasting Network. I'm your host, Rob Goodwin, and I'm joined as ever by Chris O'Brien.
1: Chris, hello. One day it's not going to be me here, and you're not going to know how to react. And, like, whoever you have on to replace me is just going to be like. <laughs> Wait, who's Chris? And it's going to be like mentioning an ex to someone. It's going to be awful.
0: <laughs> just calling out your name.
1: Yeah. So, are you are you
0: gently laying the seeds for when you're too big a YouTuber to do the stardom cast anymore?
1: No, but like at some point, I'd like at some point I'm not going to be able to make a show, and you're not going to like make a recording, and you're not going to want to do it alone. So you're just going to like go to Twitter and find someone. And then you'll just say Chris by accident. <laughs>
0: right. So basically what you're saying is I would rather have someone, just anyone, than no one. <laughs> yeah.
1: I've, I've heard what you're like every the one time you had to do a solo podcast.
0: I feel like you're giving me backhanded compliments here. <laughs> Are you trying to say that my stuff was shit before I had you and Garth?
1: Uh, well, I haven't listened to much of it. I've listened to one episode. It oh was my okay.
0: god, fuck off! <laughs> the fuck is this bullshittery? <laughs> my god, do you know what? Did... I came on this podcast with every intention of being nice
1: to you today. Fuck off. <laughs> you're, you're only nice, you're only mean to me when Garth's around, <laughs> <laughs> it makes you look cool. <laughs> I am. I'm trying to be cool in front of the
0: big hard man. That's what I'm trying to do.
1: Um, (laughs) Because you don't want him to pick on you. I don't. don't. He's a
0: fucking scary bloke. He's a fucking scary scary bloke. I love whenever we talk about Garth on this podcast because he's like this presence, this overarching presence. That He's like the higher power.
1: Yeah, the thing is I also know for a fact that like most of the crossover we have, uh but there's like no crossover between the stardom cast listeners and the Podmania listeners. Not one. Because if we were, someone would have commented on that when we covered Noah, because Jesus. Well some of the jokes some of the jokes that came out of Garth's mouth. Oh my god. Feral. Absolutely feral. 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 Disgusting. Never trusted Geordie.
0: However, I will say for those of you who don't listen to our other podcast, and this isn't a plug for our other podcast, trust me, we've got (laughs) lots of Stardom stuff to talk about and we will do in a moment, but we are in the process of getting Garth to watch his first ever Stardom match, which will be uh, Tam Nakano versus, no, is it Arisa versus Jungle from Stardom X Stardom?
1: Arisa versus Jungle. Still one of my favorite started matches ever.
0: So uh, we'll make sure that we let everyone know when that is because uh, it's always fun to hear Garth watch something that he's never watched before because he is such an old man when it comes oh, to can... trying new things.
1: It's funny when like, we watch Nakajima versus Kano on it and just his commentary just in, was just him saying nothing, and then whenever a kick happened, oh fucking hell! <laughs> yeah, it was.
0: <laughs> that is exactly what it was. That's all it was—just moaning whenever someone got hit. Um, anyway, let's let's talk about some star news because we have got quite a lot to talk about. Considering the shows we're going to talk about should take about five minutes of this podcast. Um- <laughs> So we're going to start with news that was actually brought to my attention by uh, Niagara Driver on Twitter, which is not what they're known as anymore. It's at Armani Shoe. So Niagara Driver, I've got your Twitter handle there. I've got you back. Um, and it's basically <laughs> to do with Stardom's future show, at the Yokohama Budokan on the 4th of April. Now, obviously, the Yokohama Budokan is where Yokohama Cinderella was back in October of last year. Um, So they're looking at running that again on the 4th of April. A couple of interesting notes about that. Um, Apparently, there will be half-priced women's seats. So they are going for 5,000 yen which is £33.61, which is the exact same price as the women's only seats at um, the All-Star Cinderella show at Budokan. Um, And they'll also have seats for fans aged 16 to 25 that are only $30, which is pretty damn impressive. Um, Aside from tickets, uh, where you can get front row seats for uh, as little as £201, which is 30,000 yen, um, it's running on the 4th of April which is the exact same date that New Japan are running Sakura Genesis at Sumo Hall. Um, Now, irrelevant of what you think at the moment about New Japan's booking, and I'm going to cut in there because I know if I don't, Chris will moan. So... No, you can't. Be quiet. It's It's, it's, it's big, shite. So it's bold to do it on the same day as Sakura Genesis, but I've got every faith that they will pull in People. The last time they ran the Yokohama Budokan, they ran it in front of 1,007 people, which is a really big draw. You look at other shows that have taken place. Like this venue only opened last year, and there's been three wrestling shows. One of them was Stardom Show from last year. Um, the New Japan G1 show that they ran there, which was 16, which was a B-block night, uh, was run in front of 1,498 people. So, yes, obviously, it's more than Stardom, but it's not. It's not ridiculously more. Um,
1: what did what did Noah draw? for... I can't um, find
0: that because that was the Chronicle Volume Four. That was the Valor- Nakajima versus Go match. Go, yes. Um, but it's it just reports it's on a Beamer TV. It doesn't it doesn't say that um it doesn't say the attendance. Um,
1: it was indeed on a Beamer TV, so we got that right. <laughs> yeah.
0: So to be honest, I'm very very excited about this, which again is another big show in Stardom's calendar. And again, we're only just over a month away from that show. Um, Chris, the thing I want to talk to you about is, and it's potentially, it's potentially um, edging fate, shall we say, to ask this, but I'm intrigued. We've both, we're going to do our Budokan predictions at the end, but... I think it would be foolish for either of us to assume that Saya is going over Utami. I think it's a lock that both of us are going for Utami. I think everybody that watches stardom bless Saya is going for Utami. So, my question to you, Chris, who would you like to see after the match All Star Cinderella, who would you like to come out and challenge Utami at Yokohama Budokan? Who would you like to see from that roster who potentially hasn't had a chance at this belt or hasn't had a chance at any belt this year. And to be fair, looking at Stardom's spreading out of title matches, there isn't many people who have had no title shot this year. So who would you like to go for the red belt after Sayaka
1: Well, if we're assuming that our Italian stars are going to continue to be um, paired off... Mm. So, if we just take out anyone from Stars or Oeditai, because we've seen that when Stardom don't do faction versus faction booking, the the, the B-shows are a bit of a mess. Uh, so, that leaves DDM and... well, at least DDM and um, Cosmic Angels and it's not going to be Unagi, it's not going to be Shirakawa. Tam's either going to be a white-belt champion or bald. So... <laughs> <True>. <laughs> So it's basically, from what I'm seeing, could be Shuri, Doubt it could be Azumi. Azumi wouldn't, because she's doing the Queen's Quest stuff that I pitched when she first won the title. So the only person left really in Queen's Quest is either Azumi or a Momo rematch. I, but also, are we going to have them headline? I don't know. I don't know. I, I If I was to pick anyone, I think Azumi would be the one who slots in the easiest. Mm-hmm. Um and then she'll have gotten all of Queen's Quest out of the way. And hope by then someone from either a Weather or Stars will be available. Um but assuming they drop the Weddotie and Stars stuff, because there's a chance they're only doing it because we can get Yosh um Yoshiko to build the main feud a Tora match, maybe. I can see them doing that. I'm not saying I'd like it, but I can see them doing that. Um, I'd like to see Saki get an actual shot.
0: I agree with everything you said there.
1: Um, <laughs> it's so weird when that happens.
0: But my my only issue is, I mean, I'm looking. I'm a massive nerd, and I've done all the stats because I'm a massive <laughs> dork. Um, these are only. Um, I will just point out now, these are only correct as of the New Year's Stars show from the 10th, which was the 21st. So there have been a couple more shows since then, which I haven't had a chance to update. But looking at some of these, you look at. Are we the tie? You've got B Priestley potentially. B Priestley has been really, really well protected. She's got, you know, she's got a negative um, win-loss record. She's 5-9. and nine. But she's only taken one pinfall all year. So, you know, a B Priestley title shot is now the realms of possibility. I'm not saying that, you know, that should headline Yokohama. And I think that's a thing, you know, Yokohama is going to be a bigger show. Okay, so you I think you do need a name. No, no, Yok-
1: Yokohama's only gonna be drawing as much as they used to uh, um pre plague at Korakin. Yes, I agree. So and they've and they've headlined B and Utami at Korik in, in B Drain when both weren't as, well nearly as established as we are now. So that's not at all like the possibility.
0: Okay. I mean you've got Azumi, which, you know, is definitely an option and something that I would be buzzing to see there like um, Sonic the Hedgehog versus Bowser. It really would. That's a great analogy. <laughs> um you've got I mean the highest winning percentage as of New Year's Stars night ten is Himika. Himika hasn't... Himika's 12-4 and 4 in all matches. Now, obviously, she's tag champ, so... And I don't know if I'd want to see another Himika versus Yutami match yet. I mean, it would be a good story, obviously, playing off their match um, in the final of the five-star. Um, Mayu, I think, has got... She's got too many feuds, as it is. She's already feuding with Tam, with Oueda tie. this match with, Yoshi, uh, with Yoshiko. So very nearly said yoshihiko that's your, you your fucking... they're, two,
1: but, they're two very different kind of wrestlers
0: i imagine may would have a fantastic match with yoshihiko to be fair uh, i don't know whose neck would be abused <laughs> well um there are many many people there i don't think saki would be headlining this show i just i'd i'd like to see saki go for a singles championship i really would and I think she will be a really good white belt defense for someone. Definitely, but I don't see her in the red belt picture. Tora, potentially, they're doing a really good job at the moment of rehabbing Oeditai and Tora in particular. Um, so yeah, that's that's not out of the realm's possibility. I, I think it's a little bit too soon after that, <sighs> that bit of a shocker white belt match against <laughs> Julia. And then, of course, you've got to think, well, if Julia loses the white belt to Tam, you've got Julia with no belt. You Is it too continue. early to have Julia versus Utami?
1: If we continue the partnership, we have gone with Seedling. You, you can have Yoshiko or um Nene, Nene go for it. Especially, well, yeah. if Nene, especially if Nene beats Momo and goes, I like, beat your leader, I can beat you. I
0: think of the two matches, that's the more likely
1: one. Yeah. I um, I, d- I definitely think that's more like just because she's already facing someone in Queen's quest would so be mm. a more natural progression but also if Yoshiko beats Mayu then that means because that could be kill. Cool. like Yashiko beats Mayu goes on to beat Utami because we've been thinking about this for ages who could naturally beat Utami and like with the exception of Momo we can't really think of anyone so if Yishiko beats Utami and then that can lead to like further matches with Mayu that could be really good This is absolute fantasy booking. Oh, God, 100%. 100%. It's like, like I always want to preface about just in case people think I have, like, some exclusive sauce. I don't. I just think that would be a cool way to book it. (laughs) It's a cool story. Um, Like, I'm going to stick with my Julia winning
0: the five-star booking. Um... I think she loses the bet. Well, we'll talk, we'll talk about Budokan um, when we get yeah, to the we,
1: predictions. We, we, do, we, we should just fire through these shows very quickly because with the exception of like two matches, I have next and nothing to say. <laughs> um, I want to talk about some Budokan
0: ticket news, but I'll do that when we're talking about Budokan uh, after the three matches that we've seen. Um, Io Shirai, Chris, did you know that WWE have given permission for Io Shirai to partake? <laughs> in the Stardom Show on the 3rd of March. Did you know that? And it must be true because Ringside News, their headline, WWE allows Io Shirai to participate in Stardom Show.
1: In the same way that The Rock appeared at Brown for Glory.
0: Honestly, what fucking horrendous clickbait. Like,
1: I like... They're not technically lying. Okay, so I don't want to start beef with Ringside News because I've already had one person with 30,000 followers be mad at my takes this week. But um thing is with that, they're literally just trying to get people to click on it. There's no technically lies. And if anyone share, shares it without reading the article, quite frankly, they're the idiot. But at the same time, don't get people's hopes hope up like that. It's Why not fair, that?
0: is it? It's to not be
1: fair. fair it's not as bad as, like, it's not like we put, like, a photo of her in the, in a stardom ring. Like, we literally just put a, fo- a screenshot of the video, didn't we?
0: Yeah, for those who don't know, it's just, it's a video, basically, from Io Shirai, basically saying, well done to stardom for getting to his 10 years and talking very briefly about her time there. From what I can gather, I haven't been able to find a translation, so if there's anyone out there who wants to translate it... Wonderful, um, but that's that's what I gleaned from it. I think it's about a minute long, something like that. So when that, when I saw afterwards, the ringside news had put it, and again, you're absolutely right, Chris. They are not telling any lies whatsoever. But just the way they've worded it is like, why, why have you worded it like that? That's what? so unnecessarily clickbaity. It's
1: like saying, I don't know. It's like saying that we're the biggest podcast um podcast and then putting in little brackets containing someone from Stoke and someone from the east coast of Scotland. I was just like, gonna it's... say
0: I am one. Ho- this is one hundred percent the strongest and most followed stardom podcast coming out of Stoke on Trent. Definitely. <laughs> I can
1: say that with
0: full <laughs> I can say that with full uh full confidence. But I was um...
1: about to, I was about to say I'm possibly the biggest Scottish voice in Joshi but then the fucking English Tokyo Joshi commentators from fucking Scotland, isn't it? So... <laughs> yeah sorry mate um
0: let's move on then from that clickbait to uh something else that completely triggered the entire wrestling fandom apparently i
1: hate i fucking hate that word i know it's one of those words that used to mean something and then the internet just stole it like and ruined it like jesus christ just stop ruining words i like words uh, of course, I'm talking
0: about the Wrestling Observer Newsletter awards from 2020, uh, which were uh, posted today. Uh, not today; they were posted mean. at they, some they, point they, they, over they, the last couple of weeks.
1: It was it was, oh, it was pretty sure it was over the weekend, and then like I, this is one of the I swear to God, one of the reasons I left Twitter the first time was because of these fucking Observer awards. Because my timeline just gets completely fucking taken over with it, and everyone seems to think it's just Meltzer who did it when apparently he didn't even vote. Like, oh my God, I hate these fucking awards because they just turned my timeline into an unusable fucking mess for the whole fucking weekend. I hate it.
0: couple of things. Um, (laughs) The amount of hate that was flung was unreal. Um, Saying that, oh, Dave just likes AEW. Well, it was a fan-voted thing. So (laughs) I don't really know what what you want Dave to do about that, but never mind. That's not the reason I brought this up. Um... Obviously, we are a stardom podcast, and it was amazing to see quite a lot of stardom representation in the awards. And that's all really that I wanted to go into. I just want to go through who's in the awards, basically. So, you look at the Luthers Ric Flair Award, which is the Wrestler of the Year, basically. And Mayu Ibutani came ninth, which, you know, you look at who came above her Moxley, Omega, Naito, Ibushi, McIntyre, Bailey, Goshi Ozaki, Roman Reigns. Mayu came just below them and above Chris Jericho. So, in a top ten, when you think about world exposure, that's tremendous mm-hmm. going. Tremendous yeah, I f- going.
1: I think one thing people forgot with these awards was the the most people put in the most prominent positions in the most prominent companies are more likely to win and stardom. As much as it can feel like one of the biggest things in the world, when you're in that ecosystem, is still a niche. Yeah, it's 100%. like when people seem to think like it's like think people seem to think like Noah are as big as New Japan. And they're not. And, but, like, they're big and they're growing and I hope they'll be in that position soon. But they're, like, in reality, if you, like, like let me put it this way. I can mention someone from New Japan to Gaff, our resident old person, and he'll not probably know who they are. Like, he'll probably have some vague recollection of who they are. Yeah. If I mention, like, Goji um Swama, Kenta Mihara, like, they're not going to know, he's not going to know who they are. It's that kind of thing with stardom. It's kind of, it's like I tr- like I know it's not like the second biggest in terms of ticket sales, but in terms of like outside recognition, it's probably the second biggest promotion coming out of Japan in terms of what Western fans enjoy. Hmm. It's definitely one of the most accessible, but it's still yeah. not gonna like. It's like who won the women's? It was Bailey, wasn't it?
0: It was Bailey, and Mayu came second, and yeah. Julia so came.
1: Um,
0: uh Julia came seventh. So, not,
1: like for for the size of Stardom, that's fucking massive. Especially since huge they they've run like a, a few, only a few shows over there. And like in terms of like exposure, the biggest exposure we've had probably had on non um, WWE on non like Stardom programming is when May was Women of Honor champion.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So. Like that's massive. That's really good. That's incredibly good for where we are. Because I saw someone go, "Why is made number one?" It's like because most of the people didn't probably didn't see her output. That's probably it.
0: Exactly, exactly. I mean, just looking at promotion of the year, Stardom came
1: fourth. Came fourth. Who beat it?
0: AEW, New Japan, uh-huh. WWE—the three the biggest big... promotions in the world. Then Stardom, yeah. Stardom above UFC, Pro Wrestling Noah, Impact Wrestling, Dragon Gate, Ring of Honor, and DDT.
1: I'm glad Honor made it, but um, yeah, that's like for their size, that's incredibly good. It's, incre- Especially- it's absolutely
0: outstanding,
1: is what it is. Yeah, like um, Velcus mentioned it with the voices of wrestling one, where he would understand how many Joshi matches made on to there, because hmm. a fair few made on to there. So, like in terms of like a niche, it's a niche that's growing, and I think it's representation in awards. Uh, either it's representation in awards is showing that. Was reputation um, re- yeah, representation of awards show how loud the fans can be? Because Joshi fans can be loud.
0: They can, but again, I mean, that, the representation doesn't stop there. In the Japan Most Valuable Player Award, uh, Mayu Butani came fifth. Mm-hmm. So that's every Japanese wrestler, and Mayu has come top five, which is mm. testament to just how good her year was last year. Who beat her? Um, you're gonna love this. Uh, it Okada? I- Hang on, Naito first, which I think is that- fair. That's um, fair. Ibushi second, Go Shiyazaki came third, which again nice. completely fair. I think that top three is fairly fair.
1: And that, then a, that top three makes sense, yeah. And then a God, oh, fuck off. He he was shit last year. You can't convince me of why. No, I'm with you. Unfortunately, he didn't he
0: didn't captivate me. Um, and then we go to the women's MVP, which we already talked about. Mei Butani coming second, which is tremendous. When you think Bailey came first, third, fourth are Sasha Banks and Asuka, which is just you know it's tremendous. Hikari Shi fifth, <laughs> Io Shirai sixth. And then Julia in at seven. That's amazing. I will just say, um, special mention as well Hannah Kimora came tied 10th, which is just, mm. it's amazing. Absolutely amazing. So, yeah, awesome. Um, and then just, a, I think there's one more and I can't remember where it is. Oh, yeah, most improved. Uh, most improved. Second, Julia.
1: Well, to be fair, she's probably my most improved last year. Who won?
0: Uh, Britt Baker.
1: She, she didn't improve. What the fuck? She did, mate. She was dog shit at the start of 2020. Yeah, she, went from, she went from dog shit to the level, the minimum she should possibly be being on national television. Jesus. Um. Finally,
0: my my favorite award, I think, of,
1: of the entire
0: of the entire thing is uh, the Brian Danielson Award, which Brian <laughs> Danielson
1: never wins. <laughs> yeah, he hasn't won it since. When's the last time he won it? Hang on. I don't think he's ever won it. No, he has won because it, it was named after him because he kept winning it. I don't know. I don't. Th- well, he hasn't won it in a while. Definitely. Um, Wrestling Observer Award. To be fair, I know that Saber Junior won this one at this time, which is bad because he's not actually like he's been a decent tag wrestler this year. But in terms of like technique, I wouldn't say most outstanding. With Brian Danielson, where is it? I've lost it. It's it's called it's the most outstanding wrestler one, right? The best technical no. wrestler. Te- best technical wrestler. Do, do, Keep talking. Okay. Uh,
0: <laughs> so the top three were Zack Sabre Jr., Daniel Bryan, and Jonathan Gresham. But the reason Gresham. I bring it up is because in ninth position, Suri. Uh, so do you know what? I'm happy with that. When you consider the eighth was Minoru Suzuki, I think that's a, that's a brilliant place to be
1: um danielson won it every year from 2005 to 2013 what's the year i was thinking then that he didn't win? i don't know i was thinking he, of something cause, else because sabers won it every year from 14 to 20 he's close to beating Danuson's record but to be fair i literally think it's because he's in a very prominent like 2014 15 16 i'll even give like 17 and 18 like on merit right hmm. but like Nineteen and twenty, I think it's just because he when someone says technical wrestling right now you think of Saber.
0: Yeah. You know that's no, you're absolutely right, you are. So let's move on then from the Wrestling Observer Newsletter Awards and the Stardom representation to talk some Kaguma. And again, this translation comes courtesy of um, at 1222 Moon on Twitter, who I again encourage everyone to go and follow because they provide fantastic translations from Japanese publications. And this is from Mayu's column in Shupro. Um, so I just want to go through this. And it says, the, I'm the only one in the roster right now who has worked with all of the Stardom alumni. So I'm very much looking forward to seeing many of them again in the Stardom ring. Um, the most surprising participant for me in the Rumble is Kaguma. I was very frustrated and mortified at winning the high-speed title in 2015. Kaguma debuted three years later than me, but took the title I had strived to win since my debut before me from my goal, Io Shirai. Sorry, hiccuped. Uh, Kaguma Scene (laughs) 2 seemed to be a born wrestler. She had amazing speed with great offensive and defensive skills and was also mentally strong. I felt inferior to her in all aspects, so when she left stardom, I really hoped she wouldn't come back or I'd quickly lose my position. However, at the 3rd of March Budokan show, I'm planning to ask Kaguma to return to stardom and join STARS. I used to feel threatened by her greatness, and I want the current roster to experience the same threat. Such feelings and resulting rivalries will surely help them step up their games. And then finally, I think the rumble is going to be uh, really unentertaining, and I'd love to see something unexpected. I wonder how Yusupan will draw all the attention to herself, which is what she always wants. Will we see some teamwork from BYU and chaos caused by Venom Arm and Shout? I can't wait. Um, so... This is going to tie into um, one of the feuds or one of the all-out wars in quotation marks that started from these three shows that we're going to talk about in a moment. Um, I watched a little bit of Kaguma um, on the recommendation from someone in the Discord, and I can't remember who it was, Um, and I was really, really impressed with what I saw. Really impressed. And if she's another body that Stardom are going to bring in, which it looks like they might do... I am very, very, very impressed. Um, I'm, I'm very excited. Can't wait, Chris.
1: Yeah. Um, like at this point, because the roster, in terms of like just who's in what faction, the roster's starting to run out of feuds, or at least run out of fresh matches, because we burnt through a lot of them over the last few months. So like one extra body could mean a lot for Stardom. And especially if it's a legacy name, who you don't need to spend a few months establishing, like you've had to do with Shirakawa or um, even Nagi, that's only really a good thing. And like, assuming we like, book her right and we don't just waste her or put her in the wrong division. Because yeah. we sort of saw that with Rio, where they sort of just didn't know what to do with her for several months and then she's back in AW now.
0: Yeah no absolutely absolutely um final bit of news um that's not related to budokan anyway um just a update on jungle kiona's injury um she is now walking and doing light exercise she's posted a lot of um photos to twitter where she's seen in the gym um she can't run yet but she is on her feet which is wonderful really good news um but again no real Sort of plan for her return, as of yet, I think the original prognosis was nine months when she originally went out, which will sort we're looking at five star time before we see Jungle Kiona in the ring again um. So I just wanted to make that point to everyone, and obviously we wish Jungle all the best. Hopefully she is back in a ring sooner rather than later, because she is fucking great, and we have a very, very tasty feud between her and Konami to ignite. So yeah, I just wanted to bring that up. Shall we talk, Chris, then, about some of the New Year's stars dates that go up? to our current day now as the at the time of recording uh the shows from the 27th and the 28th of february the nagoya shows hadn't been uploaded in full in fact the 27th only got uploaded this morning english time so i haven't had a chance to watch that and i know chris hasn't so the shows we're going to be what uh talking about are the shows from the 20th the 21st from shinkiba and the 23rd from osaka um so yeah, you're just going to have to bear with us in that case. What we'll do is when we do our review of Budokan, we'll just whip through the results of those those shows that lead up to Budokan and any important information uh, before we go into our Budokan review. So, let's talk about Stardom New Year Stars Night 9 from the 20th of February. Shinkiba First Ring in front of 146 people um singles match opens up with tam nakano defeating lady c at five minutes and 46 seconds with the violet shooting and then we go on to our second match which is the uh yunagi seven match series match four with himika defeating yunagi sayaka at 12 minutes and 36 seconds with the power bomb. um i quite enjoyed this match chris um Himika wanting to prove—it's a different dynamic. We again—we talked about how each of the matches that Unagi is going to have throughout this series, she's going to have different sort of. It—it's basically your whole Pokémon gym thing. You're going to face a Rock Pokémon, a Psychic, you know, a, a Psychic Pokémon, a Lightning Pokémon. You're going to face different challenges with each person, and whereas this was quite similar to the Julian matches in some way. Himika wasn't looking to embarrass Yunagi. She was looking to just prove she was the strongest, um, simply to establish the hierarchy. Um, For the first few strikes, Yunagi was floored after one, but I quite enjoyed the story of, you know, the longer the match went on, the more impressed Himika seemed to be, and the further we got into the match, the more it takes to actually put Yunagi down. Um... Once she powers out of the Boston Crab, uh, which gets a great response from the crowd, um, let's say. Um, we get a superb close call when Unagi counters a JP coaster into a roll up. That looked brilliant, was really, really, really smooth. Um, but then Himika loses patience and pins it with a power bomb. Not the running power bomb, but just a power bomb. Um Unagi still yet to submit. Um it was a good match, um but it was it did feel very similar to the Julia match earlier on. Um
1: that's the thing with these matches, they're like basically what's different is what Inagi's opponent brings to Because in terms of structure, they're kind of the same. Where at the beginning the opponent will be like basically playing with their food and then through a mixture of their hubris and Unagi's fighting spirit, she'll get a few hoax bots in and then she'll get put down. It's the sort of same um every like sort of the same structure every time it's just the only real difference is who she's wrestling and what they bring to the table because like of course the Himika match is going to be different from an Azumi match
0: yeah 100% and something I want to talk about actually um during the next match of this series the fifth match against Konami um there's something I want to talk about in that regard because that match I thought the Konami match was different to anything else we'd seen and um, I'll go into that in a little bit. Um, I gave this two and three court stars. It was fine. Um, it certainly wasn't the best match of the series, um, but it was a necessary a necessary one with Unagi still yet to pick up a singles victory in Stardom. Um, right, now, there's, um, there's probably two things, maybe three if you count the Rumble, that we'll be talking about in any sort of detail over these three shows because, you know, we use the phrase road to shows and never has that been more appropriate than these three shows. Um, one of the big things we're going to be talking about is time limit draws. And <laughs> so, this match was an eight-woman tag, Donna Del Mondo, Julian Mike, and that's Queen uh, versus Queen's Quest. Azumi, Momo Watanabe, Sai Kamatani, and Yutami ending in a 15-minute time limit draw. Now, Over the run of these three shows that we are going to show, or going to talk about, should I say, we see Stardom's 7th, 8th, 9th, and 10th time limit draw. So at the start or by the end of February, two months into the calendar year, okay, we will have seen 10 time limit draws. In fact, on the next show, we had two time limit draws that fucking followed each other. Now, I completely understand the booking scenario behind it. You are going into the biggest show of the year, and you don't want anyone to look weak. But you've got to have someone take the pinfall at some point. You can't keep everyone strong heading into a show. Otherwise, what's the point in putting on a show? OK, because you've got, we've had so many time limit draws. Just looking at some of these, already Saya Kamatani has had five time limit draws. Momo has had five time limit draws. Azumi's had five time limit draws. It's, it gets to the point that when you get to a certain point in a match, you just know it's going to go to a time limit draw. I mean, I I re-watched um, a tag match from the 21st. Um, the twenty third, sorry, Mika and Himika versus Saya Kamitani and Utami, and it got to a point where the timekeeper started quoting. And I was like, it's going to go to a time limit draw. It's going to go to another time limit draw. Which means that Utami and Saya Kamitani over the three shows didn't eat a pinfall and didn't gain a pinfall at all over the run of three shows. Why? It lessens the impact so much. It's such a cop-out. And actually, this one, of the four draws that we see over the run of three shows, this draw was the one that made the most sense. Because you had possibly eight of your strongest wrestlers here. And I understand this. And Donna Del Mondo and Queen's Quest have great chemistry. They're very similar teams. And often you will have that go into a time limit draw. I understand that. That's fine. You've got Utami and Saikamitani who are in the semi-main at Budokan. Julia who's in the main at Budokan. Azumi and Natsupoi who are taking place. Uh, t- the match is taking place, sorry, at Budokan. Are you telling me that you couldn't have someone in this match take the pinfall? Okay? And let's take that out of this for a moment. Are you telling me there are other matches on these three cards that you couldn't have someone take the pin for? Stars were in a four-on-three handicap match. Are you telling me that Sayreda couldn't have taken the pin? I mean, the entire thing was that they were up against the odds, okay? Surely it builds into your story that Stars lose that match. Baffling, absolutely baffling booking. I just don't understand it, because by just giving us time limit draws with all these people, it just makes you think, well, what the hell is the point in tuning in for these shows? Just, yeah, utter nonsense, and it really, really annoyed me, especially the two that followed each other on the next show.
1: I'm done now, Chris. (laughs) Okay, so by itself, a draw is a neutral element to be used well or badly because quite frankly i don't think the volume of draws really matters because we've done a lot of draws this year and i haven't really bitched about most of them until the one last week so the draw itself is a neutral element to be used well good or badly a good example for me being um the aphrodite versus momo az match from last year and a bad example being sire versus b from last week um agreed and you're right, this is exactly what I was saying last week and I'm glad you've come around to my way of thinking because the time that like if you don't wanna have someone lose dump up the match, whereas Penny is like you have the children and people like death there for that exact reason. Like that exact reason. And you're not using them properly half the time. I think that's why we've enjoyed the tie versus Stars stuff, because that's actually had results. And the booking, like, the booking reason is there. The booking reason makes sense. But also, you have people who desperately need to look a tad better. Like, the Sayaka attorney, um, have Kamatani, us feeling like she's an absolute no-hoper. That's not good. We should feel like she has a, like, one in nine chance, at least. Mm. Like, at least a 10% chance of winning and all these draws and helping her case. Because in almost all these cases, she'll hit one of her signature moves that would normally end the match Remember the bell goes off. And it worked against Utami in that tag match. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work when she does a hit, because like, why? why? There's no point in just not letting her get the three. Uh Or you can have one of either Utami or um, Saya take the pin and build up tension in that way. Like, a draw makes sense when there's no better option. There are plenty of pair options here. That wouldn't make people look weak and would also further stories. Whereas here we have no stories furthered, and everyone looks the same. It's no different to me when when WWE used to book everyone fifty fifty, where they win one week, lose the next. Mm. Like it's a scenario where no one gets over. And again, I understand it, but like also it's led to Stardom feeling a bit weird going into going into Budokan because like again when we do it in singles matches. With the exception of the side versus B One, it makes sense for trying to see people as equal pegging, and then and you eventually see a result that would be nice. In the tag matches, w- no, what's the point? Stop going to draws all the time. It's weird. Or like at least do like hit hits me. At least do like what Ring of Honor do with the pure stuff, and when that goes to a draw, it goes to a referee's or a judge's decision. I think that's a great way to do draws. The
0: issue I have is. You get a Yeah, exactly. You're building your roster to be strong, and that's absolutely great. I love that. And that's the way that we can get these challenges, okay? We can get these challenges because these women are having good performances and winning and things like that, but and I understand that they are in a little bit of a pickle at the moment because people like Hina, Rina, Hannon aren't there, sorry, to eat the pin, basically. Um, Which I think explains, or at least partly explains, the turn later on, on the night. But... (laughs) You can't keep everyone strong at the same time. You ju- you just can't because if everyone is kept strong, no one looks strong because no one peeks their head above the parapet, and that's the issue. As- especially in the last in the next show, the next show it was awfully obvious, and it it really wound me up to the point where I was like, no, I need to turn the show off now. It annoyed me. It really annoyed me. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to point that out because you're right. We didn't have, we we had draws, but they were spaced out. It was just a volley of draws that we've had over the past couple of shows. That's like, why? W- what, what reason do we have? Natsupu has I- been
1: eating pins left, right and fucking center. It's because she has the title match. It's because like basically everyone in this match has a big match going into Budokan.
0: Correct, but in a throwaway tag on a show that, what, 146 people are watching? mm mm-hmm. An unimportant show, are you telling me there couldn't be a count-out victory? Or, you know, Micah. Micah's been booked incredibly strong. I mean, Micah's lost, what? What's her winning percentage, Micah? She's lost five matches, but I'm sure she hasn't eaten the I think she's only eaten the pin once. I've you know, had a meme idea. Please
1: don't. It, like, it's Gordon Ramsay, but instead of shouting raw, he's shouting draw.
0: <laughs> it it was just very frustrating. And the fact that it
1: kept happening really, really stuck in my craw, which was a well, shame. What because that's probably getting a win over Azumi here would have helped. Exactly. There. Like, because, like, presumably, Azumi's going to get the win back at Budokan. Mm-hmm. Or you can build Natsupoy as Izumi's mountain to climb, like she finally has someone who can challenge her in this style.
0: I don't think Natsupoy's been but well at all leading up to this. At
1: all. Yeah, it's it's weird, isn't it?
0: I mean, she, she got a pinfall over Saki, but then was pinned by Saki the very next show.
1: We should go into the booking of that specific match when we get to the match, because otherwise we're just going to be on the draws forever, shall we just?
0: <laughs> yeah, let's move on to the Future of Stardom Championship match. The fourth match on the card, the semi-main, with champion Sayurida defeating seedlings Honori Hanna at 9 minutes and 31 seconds with the Lariat. Chris, what did you think of this match?
1: It was really good. It was simple stuff, but simple stuff done very well. There wasn't really any timing issues. Um and Hannah strikes me as someone who's going to be really good one day. How long? She... Well, she's only been gone for a year, so, like, mighty impressive. Um, is becoming more of a beast by the day. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, this is probably the, one of the better Future of Stardom matches we've had in a while. Um, but, again, it's more of a token belt for people they want to do big things with. Like, you can see the direct lineage of Utami um, giving it up and then getting a white belt defense. Um, Micah giving it up and getting a red belt match. So, like, it's just for, it's basically just to highlight this is who we think is going to be cool from our current crop of rookies. And since we, everyone, all the other rookies have shit going on, <laughs> 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 it's defaulted desire. But she's been doing a great job. I've been referring her reign to Micah's. And Honori Hanna's really good. I've enjoyed what I've seen from her in Seedling. Mm and it was just a nice little clash. It's why I kind of hope the seedling and um, stardom things keeps going on for a little while longer after Budokan, because it could be something quite cool. Assuming we keep people on, like, sort of equal pegging instead of doing what Noah and New Japan said. <laughs> New Japan was like, Noah, you're going to die now. I must, I
0: admit, I I must oh. admit, I did really enjoy this match. Um <laughs> They did. They, they've got re- two very similar styles, and the styles complemented each other really well. Um, mm-hmm. considering both,
1: Nor- like I was surprised, like because Hanoi, Hano, and and Seiun Seiylan, because it's like of course pre- people on Seiylan are a bit taller than the in, Like you look at Yoshiko and Nene, hmm. so like I know either's short even for Stardom, but like I was surprised at the height
0: There was a there was a distinct high difference between the pair, definitely. Yeah. Um, I think considering she's Han um, Hannah, I mean. Has only been going since December 2019. I think she's mm-hmm. she looks very solid in ring. Like I said, there was nothing that stood out as a botch or anything like that. Um and yeah, I think this is probably the strongest, certainly if Sayurida's reign, the strongest future of stardom championship match. Um they were just hitting each other with bombs, but doing it at quite a deceptively quick pace. Um I would li- I'd like it. I mean, we've talked about, it, and I think we had a question about it a couple of podcasts ago, where Someone said, who's next for the future of Stardom Championship, Sean? We actually lamented about how we haven't got many people, you know, three years and below now that would actually challenge for the future of Stardom Championship. And if they are going to partner with other Joshi promotions like Seedling, like Marvelous, and that's where we get those matches from, I'm all for that. I think that's a great idea. The question question is, though, Chris, Uh what did you give it? Oh, three and a half. Really good, but not quite a match for you. I gave it three and a quarter. Mm. Um, let's move on then to the main event, which is the huge talking point of this show, which was the eight-woman tag uh, between the the Thai team of B-Priestly, Konami, Natsukotora, and Saki Kishima, defeating the stars team of Goku and Death, Mei Wutani, Ruwaka and Starlight Kid at 10 minutes and 42, after no way. Ruaka turned heel.
1: Like, of course. How could Oeditai win? They had absolutely a team full of penitas, unlike the Stars team, who had <laughs> their um, nah, but The turn was cool, to be fair. I'm always here for a chair shot. Um, the match itself was fine, but I am enjoying that Oeditai are basically abducting all of Stars' children. They are the embodiment of the child catcher. No, it's not so much for child catchers, so much as the emo kids, your child see this cool. <laughs> like offering them, offering them cigarettes, they're like, "Oh, here's some white lightning." Um, have you ever listened to The Cure? Um... <laughs> <laughs> so, um, that's literally it. But like, is a faction, and that's it. what happens, ladies and gentlemen, when you let your children listen to rock and/or roll. It ruins them. <laughs> I'm saying that as someone whose Discord profile photo is them in full makeup. Yep. And with their long hair. I really can't like pretend that that's not me. <laughs> but, um yeah, it's just I, I, I like this as a story moment. I liked it as a match. As a match it was fine. Um just everyone's good in the match, even Ruraka who's a child hmm. and is now a child abducted by the emos. So <laughs>
0: I really enjoyed like they built it really well in the pre match promo. Ruaka was completely deadpan whilst Mayu and Starlight were talking. There was no stars symbol as they went to off camera. Um speaking about the match, I love the fact that Owida Tai were just subverting all of Stars' very campy offense. Like when Stars had got all of Aweda Tai locked in those submissions, B just refused to be locked in and then just threw Ruaka into Starlight like a bowling ball. I thought that was great. <laughs> Um, no, fuck this, and they all went down like dominoes. I also really enjoyed Konami taking um, none of Gokikan's and shit and just trying to wipe off her makeup in a page straight from the Julia book of shithousery. Love that, thought that was great. Um, yeah, the turn for a whacker worked. You know, it was fine. Um, I mean, you could argue that she will be a weditized pinny to tell Rina returns, but it makes sense. She was never given a choice as to whether she wanted to be in stars it was just a case of she was absorbed after uh, Tokyo Cyber Squad imploded um the, the the chair was quite obviously broken before uh, before Iwaka could um could hit May with it and you could see her bless her trying desperately to keep it all together before she dinked Mayu on the head with it. And then there was a great moment just before the pinfall where the two people beating the shit out of Mayu were Ruwaka and Saki, the two people to leave stars and join a Thought that was a really nice visual. And then, of course, Saki's the one who gets the pinfall. Um, I will just say that Tora's promo at the end of this match was tremendous. The best promo she has cut since I have been watching Stardom. Um, Mayu declares war on a Tie. Starlight says, "Well, don't worry because we've got Hannon returning, which will make it five on five, which was a
1: bold claim." Um, Tora <laughs> then like, cuts. A oh, Weetati is just going to steal that kid as well. Exactly. Um, like, have you, have you ever played Pokemon um, Colosseum? No. So in that game, if a Pokemon has like um, it has shadows over it, it means you can steal it from that trainer. Right. <laughs> so that's... That's basically what's
0: happening here. Um, Tora cuts the best, like I say, most deadpan promo ever, asking whether, is Hanan actually going to make any difference whatsoever? And um, basically just asks Mayu to think about why people keep leaving her, which I thought was quite nice.
1: It'd be funny if she was like, don't we already have her? Oh no, we have people.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, I I really enjoyed it. Um, I'm giving it three and a quarter stars, Chris. No, I gave it three.
1: It was fine.
0: Let's move on then to night 10, and that sort of plays in, obviously, to the stuff from the night we've just spoken about. Night 10 from the 21st of February, again from Shinkiba First Ring. A um, couple of results before we get into the actual matches I want to talk about. Um, Himi defeated Tamna and Lady C at 4 minutes and 44 seconds with the Udi Hishigi reverse cross. I apologise, I butchered that. Um... Couple of things I just want to mention from this. I'm not going to review the match or rate it or anything, but um, Micah's reversal out of the Lady C choke slam into the UD Hishigi, which is basically a cross arm breaker, was tremendous. It was smooth as silk, and I don't I still don't understand the mechanics of how she got from a choke slam position into the into that cross arm breaker it just it doesn't make physical sense but it looked amazing. Um there is an ongoing storyline apparently uh with Tam trying to persuade Lady C to join um Cosmic Angels and Lady C not understanding that you don't have to have big boobs to join Cosmic Angels which is absolutely <laughs> fucking hilarious. Um, <laughs> which just absolutely outstanding. I think Lady C would be a great fit for um for Cosmic Angels personally.
1: Yeah, it's a stable full of rookies that are older when you drink.
0: So. Exactly. And plus, if they want to elevate you, Nagy, they stop. They need to have someone else to take the pins. Be-
1: they need to have someone below her. Yeah.
0: <laughs> exactly. Because <laughs> she is the inherent pin eater, especially until Mina redebuts.
1: That seems to be what Cosmic Angels booking is. It's like, okay, we'll have it be um, Tam and Mina. But oh no, we want to elevate Mina. Okay, get with Nagy. Oh shit, we want to elevate you, <laughs> <Unagi and> Get <laughs> someone else quickly. <laughs> Um, a couple of matches that
0: I'm not going to talk about because I'll get angry. Um, the second match was six woman tag uh, with the Donna Del Mondo team of Julia Natsupoi and Suri, and the Aoi team of B Natsukator and Sakishima going to a time limit draw of ten minutes. And then the four on three handicap match, which really wound me up. Um, Queen's Quest team of Azumi, Momo, Sayaka and Yutami, and the Stars team of Mayu, Ida, and Starlight Kid going to another. Time limit draw of 10 minutes. Why? Why?
1: Because they couldn't beat them in 10 minutes, Rob. That's our time.
0: Just oh, ridiculous. Um, <laughs> absolutely ridiculous. Anyway, the match... To be fair,
1: to, if I can follow my, my two cents, both these matches were good. Like, DDM and Oeditai always work well together, as do Queen Quest and Stars. None of the matches were, like, bad matches. We just, I just don't like the result. But
0: that's the thing. Once I saw the time limit draws, I was just like, do you know what? I'm not bothered. Two that, <laughs> two that follow each other as well. Really? Why? D- yeah. Anyway, let's move I on. The,
1: I don't think the DDM one was all versus Oada Tai one was all that egregious. They've had plenty of, result, plenty of results between each other. I think the. The I do volume. Think, I do think the QQ versus Stars one makes absolutely no sense. And, like, the 10 minute time limits, so, like, it's not as egregious as if they went 15 like we did the previous night, where we actually had time, had more time to like build toward the finish. because you know, most... But, yeah, I, like, I have no problem with the DDM one. I have... I just don't understand the... The four-on-three really,
0: handicap match going to yeah, it. Because like, how, how does that build like, your Red like- Belt and Challenger if they can't put away three people in a handicap match?
1: So the even had a fairly big win... On the last show, you can just sort of have her take a quick, like a f- even a flash pin. A flash pin would have been perfect. This was or the even perfect her, like, match
0: for Saya Kamatani to get the pinfall.
1: Yeah, or even like Starlight, who has like nothing much going on at the moment, she can afford to take a pin until we're building it back up.
0: Exactly. She's just come out of a white belt program. A very yeah. short sure white belt program, but a white belt program.
1: Yeah, and like that's the normal order of things in Stardom. You get elevated for a title match and then you get thrown back down. So, like, why didn't you just throw her back down? It's weird. It's a weird (sighs) one, Roberts. I know. It really is.
0: And it, yeah. Let's move on because I'm getting cross. Um, You're always cross. Semi main then, uh, Yunagi's seven match series, match five. Konami defeating Yunagi Sayaka at nine minutes and 50 seconds with the triangle arm lock. Now, this match was weird for me Chris and it highlighted a couple of areas that Unagi still needs to work on Um, up until this match, the only match really that she's had any sort of sustained offence was against Azumi Um, yet here, Unagi was on top for quite a lot of this match, more than I think anyone really expected her to but she doesn't do anything with that offense. It's it's the same five moves. And I think it's great. They're doing a really, really good job of building Yunagi's baby babyface fire. And I really like that. I think it's a great character trait to have. But she can't just be someone giving Tam the hot tag which is what it feels like at the moment. This seven-match series is not just an excuse for people to line up and beat the piss out of it. You do need to give her some time to develop an offence, which, you know, I'm not seeing. It's the same five moves. It's the frog splash, the spine buster, which is called something else, and I know it's called something else, and I can't think what it's called. It's named after another samurai. Um... It's the finisher attempt, which everybody rolls out of. And it's the leg drop. It's it's just the four moves. There's no adaptation. There's no growth in her offense. In terms of a defensive wrestler, where she is on the back foot, I think Yunagi's doing really well. Okay, and this is not me ragging on Yunagi at all. But for her to have the most offense out of her seven-match series against Konami seems weird. And for her to have this seven-match series of singles matches, where she is the only singles match on these cards, and not develop her offense, that needs to be the thing for me. I need to see more in her offense, because that was the issue, if you remember, if you recall to a debut and all the way through, that's the issue I've had with Yunagi. It's the fact that her offense is very bland, and she doesn't have a lot. And what she does, she sticks to. There's no adaptation. I know every wrestler has their moveset, but they will adapt and they'll, you know, look at different ways of getting into it. Whereas Unagi still see, and I know she is a rookie in the grand scheme of things, but I still need to see... She, it feels like a Young Lion series
1: is effectively what this is. Yeah. It's just her getting... Yeah. it's basically, You've basically said it all. She's, so, she's sort of not developing her offense, and d- despite the fact she's getting... Fairly prolonged hope spots in every match. Um, And that's because you saw like during Tag League, which was sort of Mina's test. She developed her issues throughout them, throughout Mm -hmm. those matches. Whereas I feel like Nagi's not been doing that. I feel like. But also, like, I guess these matches are fairly close to each other. So, like, what could she put in between like a match that's like a day between each other?
0: Yeah, I get that. And obviously we've got the same issue then as um, regards her sixth match as well. So I do understand that, but, you know, the first match to this match, I've just, I've seen nothing. And I feel like we need to see more from this. Um, other than that, I thought the best bit was uh, a wonderful slap to the face by Konami to Yanagi. And apparently she hit her that hard that she even surprised herself with this slap, because she slapped it, then turned to the crowd laughing with the noise it made. So uh, that really tickled me. Um, there's also How
1: come Walter Mal- great- never does that? How come he's never surprised at how powerful he is?
0: Because he knows how powerful he is. Look at the <laughs> fucking size no- of the
1: man. No one needs to tell Walter how powerful he is. He just knows.
0: There's also a great moment where someone clearly knocks the ring bell by accident, and Konami, who's just taken a move, half forgets to sell it in order to check they haven't gone over time. <laughs> 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 it was wonderful. Like, shit, Oh no, it's alright. Someone just knocked into it.
1: Yeah, I um, think to be fair, like Kanami picking up a like a fairly decisive win against a single star is a pretty good way to go into Budokan.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's fine. It's fine for Konami. I mean, don't get me wrong; no one is ever going to think that she's not winning this. Um, I don't know. I just, these two Inagi just probably, don't seem to have great chemistry. And might have
1: believed in herself.
0: Maybe I, I gave I'm, it two may- and a half stars.
1: Yeah, so did I. Was f- Actually, no, because there was like one too many bets where it's like not taking the match seriously. Like, I'm not saying it's a bad match, I'm just saying it's sort of below yeah. average. I'm yeah. Fe- I'm feeling too. It's it's
0: certainly the weakest of the matches so far in her trial series.
1: Yeah, which is a shame, because Kana- you'd expect Konami to be, like, the most aggressive, apart from maybe Julia. Yeah, exactly. But weirdly, May has been the most aggressive.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, So, we then move on to match five, which was the <sighs> Stardom Rumble with Ruaka. Winning the Stardom Run by last eliminating Eda at 14 minutes and 6 seconds. Chris, I have a feeling that you
1: have thoughts on this. I don't care. I don't... Like, if, unless it's the Royal Rumble, I don't care about Rumbles. Because Royal Rumbles, they managed to at least get it down to a T. Nine out, nine times out of ten, I'm drunk, and I'm, and I'm watching it with someone, right? That's the only reason I like the actual Royal Rumble. Rumbles, other than that, I don't fucking care. I don't like them. The New Japan Rambo, get in the fucking bin. This, get in the fucking bin. The only reason I'm finding the Legends one is because it's going to pop the, gonna pop long-time Joshi fans. And that's, like, a pretty good thing. And that's what makes the, the good New Japan Rumbles good is because they pop them with, like, ran, like the Tokyo Dome crowd. Where, like, Scott Norton comes out. Yay, Scott Norton's here. No, it's, it's just... It's like we were like... You know what this felt like? Have you ever been to, like, a really shit indie show? Like, one of those, like, re- live American wrestling at, like, Bolton Town Hall? And what an oddly specific thing to say. Well that was my first ever wrestling show. Um oh, okay. and um they clearly don't have enough people to and like we clearly don't have enough people to cover a card, so we just have a massive rumble at the end. That's what this felt like, which is weird because I don't know, because like something like the four, four team elimination, that kind of works. Even even if this was like for the draft or something. I'd be fine with it, but what? The f- but like, there's no point in this match, and because there's like the whole roster's here, it and they only wanted to go 15 minutes. It wasn't even paced well because everything just happened too fast, and no one had chance to do any sort of memorable spots. It was kind of just there, and like, I, I was just sort of in a coma for the whole thing. And who cares? Who? I don't. Don't book random rumbles. They're not good. I really enjoyed this. <laughs> <laughs> i fucking hate them. the rumbles are not good but objectively not good matches look it's a
0: bit of fun and the bit of fun also gave us a little bit of storyline progression you know there was some great mo. i mean the the opening exchange between the four, first four entrance was great assuming that's starlight saki thought that was great Everyone bum-rushing Yanagi she hobbles to the ring, clutching her arm. His lariat is absolutely hilarious. Um, there was... What else was there that really made me laugh? Starlight Kid, is that... Uh, not Starlight Kid. Sai Kamatani's that excited to get to the ring. She almost goes full Titus O'Neil. And as we all know, you never go full Titus in a rumble. Um, the noise Julia makes as Starlight Kid surprises her by beating the shit out of her. is entertaining. Um, Julia then fall on corpses It's Shuri, telling her to go to the top rope. Um... Everyone splashing Lady C in the corner, but her getting a leg up before you naggy can do it. So, there were little funny bits. Um, Momo gets a modicum of justice, eliminates B, and then Ouida tie helping Ruwaka win the rumble by ganging up on Ida. Now, I understand that, you know, ultimately, Ruwaka won it. Sort of, it does sort of give off the impression that why the fuck should we care? And we've actually got a question on Twitter in regards to the rumble uh, Rumble, which is from Phil Gerard, which is at more films um since the rumble wasn't for anything, would it have been better you Naggy winning considering she hasn't won any of a trial match series? I think Ruwaka winning is the correct choice, and the only reason I think that is because with so much focus on Ruwaka on this turn and the all out war between stars and Oeditai, if a if if Ruwaka immediately goes in to be the pin. Eater instantly, it loses all sort of heat. Okay, the heel turn just falls flat, and I know that she's sixteen; she's a kid, and she is going to eat the majority of the pin's I think she's won one match this year, but giving her this, and let's face it, it was with a tie's help. But we decided just basically walked into the ring and eliminated everyone else, which you know that sort of a tie. Don't mind. I think for what it was, it was entertaining. It really was how showy, but I love that. You know, they didn't try and profess it to be a serious Royal Rumble type thing. I thought everyone got a little bit of a moment to shine. I thought you Unagi just being beaten the shit out of was really, really funny. And I think she's playing it really, really well. Um, but yeah, overall, I don't think we've got anything to complain about. There was a really funny moment where uh, May... Throws a water bottle in tantrum at Konami and it slaps her in the back, which I thought was quite funny. But other than that, yeah, I, it was what it was. It was it was fine. I gave it I gave it three stars. I I liked it. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a really fun fourteen minutes.
1: Ba- I think ban-o, 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 ban-o. Are you I singing know. the Ryback theme song? <laughs> 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 That's a choice. <laughs> um... Yeah, sure, it was fun, but like, eh, eh. There were some All fun right. moments. I I don't rate rumbles so though. I, you I never I, have people done. Get... In fairness, yeah, no, because they're not like match match. It's the same reason why I don't rate um cinematic matches because they're kind of not the same thing. Let's move on to night
0: eleven, then 23rd of February from the and Arena Osaka number two in front of 298 people. Uh, just a couple of matches before we get into the three that we're going to look at in detail. Three-way match, Go Kick and Death defeating Ruwaka and Tam Nakano in five minutes and fifty seconds. That's good luck for Ruwaka. Uh, singles match, Julie defeats Lady C. Pon me in six minutes and fifty-nine seconds and then a tag team oh, oh, match.
1: I, I, found, sorry, I figured out something when I watched this match. Um, oh, go on. Julius Theme is a rip-off of Mike Bennett's. Is it? Is that why you've heard it before? Like the, the guitar bit sounds like Mike Bennett's.
0: I'll have to compare them. I'll have to compare them off air. And see. Um,
1: oh, again, I get, it's just like a generic heavy guitar riff. So really I was just going to say, it. I,
0: don't, I don't think it's a rip-off. I think it's just generic.
1: <laughs> I don't think it's a rip-off.
0: Um, tag team match, Queen's Quest team of Azumi and Momo Watanabe defeating the Donna D'Almondo team of Nat and Suri at 12 minutes and 20 seconds. So, you know, they are clearly capable of taking pinfalls.
1: Um, Uh, Okay, okay, just move move on, because you're going to bitch about the time limit on the next one as well.
0: I'm not, to be fair. I've I've said my piece. I'm not going to say it again. Um... Match five, then sorry, match four can't count. Um, the Donna Del Mondo team of Himika and Mika versus the Queen's Quest team of Saiyamitan and yutami High Shita ended in a time limit draw of fifteen minutes. Now,
1: I think this one made sense because I do Current well. champ tag champs versus the old tag champs. The old tag champs can not put it away because they are in fighting. I'm I'm into it. It's a, that's a decent one. That's
0: fine. This made storyline sense. It's the fact that we've had four in three matches and two that follow, Chris, in the previous... That's why you become so desensitised to it. Here, it made sense. Perfect sense. Tag jams, Himika and Maika. Sayakamitani and Yutami, in that pre-match promo, they still don't look at each other and Sayakamitani didn't say anything at all. So it makes sense, the whole infight, in the whole, we're not working as a team at the moment, we're working as individuals, even though we are pretty much the only team in stardom with an actual name. So you get that sense of unity sort of eroding before Boudiccan. As a match, I thought this was really good. I really, really enjoyed it. It was a really hard-hitting tag match where all four women looked good. The storyline made sense. It's just a shame that we'd had the draws before it that desensitised me to it. I gave it three and a half
1: good there was no yumbucks book versus antonio honda versus dino versus harasser versus sakiaki versus sakiaki picture book at the last DDT show but it was good you happy you got that reference out i really wanted to because i wanted i wanted to read the the, the assessments in that match because just because i know it makes you die a little inside you're right it has
0: has (laughs) made me die a little bit inside (laughs) you know you get that one leaf on a flower that's wilting that's what you're doing to me chris you're making me wilt. Which <laughs> sounds
1: sexier than it is. You're, like, <laughs> you're, I'm making you wilt because I've read out a match that happened on a DDT show. A promotion that um, promotion that you pay half my um you go half as with me on, but yet you don't watch. No, I've been watching Nowhere. I've been watching bits of Nowhere, but it's good.
0: Match five then, semi-main with Yunagi Sayaka's seven-match series continuing this with match six. B. Priestley defeating Yunagi Sayaka at 11 minutes and 21 seconds with the Kamigoye. Um Chris, what did you think of this match?
1: Um, sort of the same as the last few Yunagi <laughs> matches. Um, Minus, I didn't like it as much because b-, b Priestley's offense is still annoying me with how it just reminds me of other people case in points you won with the a hmm And who's your favourite wrestler? Who's my favourite wrestler? hmm Who's your favourite wrestler? Who was right. who's the
0: person that you do nothing but talk about? CM Punk. See, people thought you meant Kenta me a beep, beep 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 beep. Um yeah, so CM Punk, whose entire offence is lifted from Kenta.
1: I mean not his entire offence. Kenta doesn't do a shining wizard in the car, it
0: doesn't this does not bother me in the slightest about B because wrestling, nothing's unique anymore. So I know, but people like, are gonna steal stuff. At least she hasn't just think... lifted Kotra Ibushi's entire moveset.
1: No, she's lifted a bit of Kenny's as well. <laughs> and...
0: well why is that an issue?
1: <laughs> no nothing. It's just because I don't know, I think it's because when you don't notice it with people like Punk or even like Suji Ishikawa, who also uses become a I think the reason you don't notice it with them is because of where they place it in their match, like, it's like a slightly different cadence. I feel like, like, B-Priestly puts her B trigger exactly where Kenny Omega used to put his B triggers I feel like you're being really pedantic
0: about this. <laughs> like, really pedantic.
1: Excuse me, who was, you, who was talking about fuck, the fucking Stats of stardom year earlier? That's not
0: pedantic, that's being thorough. This is just <laughs> kicking on someone for stealing a move.
1: I'm not picking on an individual, like... I didn't, like, bring her up in someone else's match. I brought this up within her own match of why I don't enjoy her. Like, it's a it's a reason why I don't enjoy her work as much as other people's on the roster. And that's saying she's a bad wrestler. She definitely earns her a, earned a keep in terms of match quality. But just because she stole the Kamagoye? No. this Bushi can't comprehend what happened. It's not fair to do that to someone with no brain. <laughs>
0: um, I thought it was weird owning this. They... They started doing like a proper lock up and I was like, Really? This match? It's about um, World of
1: Sports Style Rob. Yeah, it was it was if you watch it, it was any, weird. If you watch, like with the exception of Noah, if any if you watch mo well, so basically if you watch New Japan commentary, every time fucking um Zack Sabre Jr. does a does a grapple, um someone's like, Oh it's about world of sport style. It's like <laughs> It's like I'm so sick of sick of hearing that sentence. Yeah, I'm so sick of that fucking sentence. Um, again,
0: the huge issue I had here was whenever Yunagi was on offense, her offense is just there. I'm not going to repeat myself because we talked about it in the last match with Konami. It, it's not helped in this match by a really sloppy-looking spine buster. Um You never get the impression that she's winning and just gets finished off with a Kamigoye. B never looked in any trouble whatsoever. Um, B then attacks Yunagi after the bell, which results in a kick on Tam, which then crashes her head into Mina. So that was a nice way to end the match. But yeah, um, this was in many ways the least interesting. I found this actually less interesting than the Konami match. Um, I don't know why. Um, I have nothing against B or her stolen offense, um, unlike Chris. But I just I found this quite dull. Um, and I gave I this to...
1: When, while, while I'm being pedantic, I also miss when she used to come to the ring to blasphemy. I missed that. Yeah, that was a good
0: song. Very good song. I do like her new song though, to be fair. It's just not quite as good as Blasphemy.
1: Yeah, it's not like a piece of licensed music. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I gave it two and a quarter, Chris. Um, I gave it two and a half. I thought it was fine. I thought it was just fine. I thought I I preferred it to the Konami match, but mostly because like B didn't break character at any point.
0: Uh, main event then six woman tag team match a wheelie tie team of Natsukator and Saki and Konami defeating the Stars team of Mayu Sayida, and Starlight Kid at thirteen minutes and one second with the Kishi Kasai. I think Miyu
1: a time needed a fucking a fucking pin over Stars more than anyone in Queens Quest did. All of which have matches going into Budokan.
0: Hmm.
1: Eh. Yeah. Otherwise, I know. otherwise I like this. I really good.
0: like this. I liked the fact. That stars, who are, you know, your de facto faces, your, you know, white meat baby faces, like, yeah, go team. And they attempted to go at Ouida Tai. They attempted to basically try and beat Ouida Tai at Ouida Tai's game, and Ouida Tai were having none of it. And for the very, like, the first part of this, made stars look stupid. And I really liked that. You're not going to, with Mayu Saiya and Starlight Kids, you are not going to out chop and out muscle tora and konami are you it just it worked really really well i think they've got really good chemistry these two teams at the moment um i'm enjoying watching them and i actually look forward to seeing how these matches are going to elevate and what the difference is going to be between a normal feud and an all-out war so i thought this was a really really good precursor to that chris
1: um, it has room to escalate, but it was still a fun match in its own right. It was, it was fine. I'm 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 okay with this.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think the right team won as well.
1: Yeah, I, w- I wish Yoshiko came out and murdered someone, but other than that,
0: it's weird that we haven't seen Yoshiko.
1: Yeah, it's is weird, isn't it?
0: Um, because I weird,
1: it's because it's probably because booking didn't like booking never matched up. She's turned up at points. It's just weird that, like, one of the biggest matches going into Budokan is also one of the least developed. It's like when, it's like, um, when Brock Lesnar used to only show up on the pay-per-view.
0: Yeah, and... I don't know. I don't know. I, I gave this three and a quarter. I thought this was great, but... Let's move on to Budokan, just because I want to talk about, um, obviously, the card, I want to talk about predictions, and just a little bit of ticketing information as well, and also how you can watch it at home, because I know that the, I think it's $50 pay-per-view price, don't forget the pay-per-view price is actually available internationally for the first time for Stardom, which is great, but I know that some people have balked at the idea of it being $50, um, which... It doesn't really bother me. I think if I want to watch something, I'm going to watch it. I mean, you know, and the price point has been proved that people are going to pay it. Um, but if you don't want to pay, it, then there is another way that you can watch the show for considerably cheaper, which we'll talk about at the end of the show. Um, in terms of the tickets to Budokan, the information that I can find, um, the show, the 100,000 yen tickets, which is about 672 English pounds, which is your VIP front row seats. They are all sold out. Um, the first floor stand seats are all sold out, and the women-only seats are all sold out as well. Currently, by the looks of the site, there, there are tickets available for the others. The others, so the second floor stand seats, um, and the there is another set of seats that I've lost now, but they are still Available so at the moment it'll be interesting to see what the actual final number is when it comes to the 3rd of March. Um, I am intrigued, Chris, as we go through this card to hear your predictions. Um, so let's start then, um, with the high speed championship match Azumi versus Natsupoi. Um, This is Azumi's fifth defense of the title. Now, you talked about booking very, very briefly heading into this. I think of all the matches that we have talked about, that we have discussed, I think Yoshiko versus Mayu and Nene Nene Takashi and Momo have had understandable booking constraints. Less Momo and Nene because they at least had that match in Seedling. But here, it was very good. Here, I think Natsumi has been put booked very, very poorly. Yeah, in preparation for this,
1: Azumi kind of shrugged her off when she challenged, and then mm-hmm. she's sort of been proven right for the rest of the time. Absolutely, yes, yeah, she has. She has. I mean, you look at
0: again overall stats: sixteen matches. Again, New Year Stars Night Ten. This is correct as of, and that's sixteen matches. She's won six and lost nine. She's lost every single tag team match she's been in and has eaten all four of the pinfalls. She's won all two of her singles matches, but then she's four and four in multi-women. There's nothing there that screams high-speed challenger. And I, I just... You know, you look at the way that... I know that you have an issue with this, but you look at the way that they've booked Sayaka Amitani, where she has been booked strong. Maybe not as strong as she could have... Looked, as... She, as blah, blah, blah. Not as strong as she could have looked, but she has been booked strong. I don't think we can either of us can deny that. I don't think Natsupui's been booked strong at all. I think, in fairness, she looks like a really weak challenger, which is a shame because, as we both know, Natsupui is fucking great.
1: She is great. It's a bit of a shame that they haven't really given her anything. And it's weird that they've only now started impl- implementing Tars, so like little. Um anomalies like this because at the end of the day ddm are the one faction actually no because queen's quest kind of because lady c's kind of not in there and, you know, so but like ddm's one of those factions about a so well without i say that that's the point very clearly the, pinnie's the pinnie's to, it yeah but they're one of those ones where, where none of them should be pennies because that's the point it's too good to be a peneer
0: yeah, 100%. 100%. They will benefit massively from a rookie or a child.
1: Mm-hmm. Because That's you awesome, can't like...
0: just default to the high speed person in your roster.
1: But with the sort of popularity of DM, I think we're trying to go for an LIJ thing. Which is well, fine, I...
0: but you've got Bushi in uh, LIJ. <laughs> and Bushi, well, you, know, much as, you know, much as people well, seem the to champion like Bushi. Bushi. <laughs> That's true. Former WGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Champion Bushy as well.
1: I almost bought a bushy mask once. a show.
0: I think we all thank you for not doing that. I, I, I would have rocked the fuck out of that match. That beard coming out of the bottom of that mask would have looked ridiculous, Chris. Oh,
1: you have no clue what it's like when I'm wearing a, like a mask when i go to the supermarket. It's less bushy, more bushy. <laughs> That sounds like a DDT rip. It does. Um, <laughs> I would pay to see that. To be um, fair, my mid does poke out of my mask, but at least my fucking nose doesn't. Jesus, True. I hate most people. Like, my nephew has literally learned to walk and talk, and the time it's taking them to learn how to not wear a mask. Put on a fucking mask, right?
0: I I think that we are both in agreement that Azumi is winning this.
1: I think we could be in upset, because they've been... Teasing this for a while, and I don't know how popular that point actually is in terms of like merch shows or whatever. But I know there was hype about it coming in because of a Tokyo Joshi output, because hmm. she had a match with a Finkzari that was that got over really good. So what are you thinking? Um, I think it could go either way, but like if I if I had my think, because I'm thinking about who else could possibly challenge Azumi. And there's no one. She's sort of ran through other challenges. I suppose as well, if you're looking at Azumi, maybe
0: going for the belts higher up the card. You know, no mm-hmm. disrespect to the high speed championship. But if you're looking at Azumi, at maybe being another challenger for Utami for the red belt. You know, she's already mm-hmm. challenged for the SWA championship. I can see Azumi holding that white belt in the same way Momo did in 2019. So. It's- because here's the
1: thing, in terms of 2018, sorry, because the high speed belt was fucking nowhere in no, 2019. No, in, like in 20 like Rio Carry won on. it. And, anyway, Rio won it and defended it once. Yeah, I think exactly. And like, so Azumi's done a great job at establishing it. So putting it on someone like Natsupoi, who can then have another rerun and it can go back to being this nice little undercard thing. I think that'll be really nice, especially. So you- Especially since then when it's on that, so, so I might, I'd might i go on Nat's point just because if I was booking, I'd want it on Nat's point, it would help diminish the sort of wonky booking with her and then she can go on to face a bunch of a, a bunch more people and it's going to be less likely who's going to win then because assuming is sort of or conquering in high speed, but that's poison, isn't so it could be good who knows
0: Second match on the, you know, an inverting almost pre-show, the prologue fight is the Goddess of Stardom Championship match, 30-minute time limit, with the champion team Micah and Himika taking on the Awida Tai team of Natsuka Tora and Saki Kashima. Um this one's a weird one because I like what they're doing with Awida Tai now, and I actually wouldn't be opposed Tora and Saki having the belts. But. My Himmy, I've only just got them. I think if we were coming into this and Himika and Micah had the belts from maybe the year-end climax show, I'd be plumping for a wee tie definitely. But with Micah and Himmica only just having got the belts, I can't see them losing them already. What about you, Chris? Here's the
1: thing. Adam don't give a fuck about these belts. And they haven't for months, mm. so it li- literally could go either way. Because, like, not because of like story reasons going in, although both have fairly decent could have fairly decent stories coming out of it. More than the uh, like, Stardom don't care. It's like New Japan and bear tag belts. You can never predict a New Japan tag title match because they don't care. So, are you plumping
0: for one, or are you just going to slag off the belt?
1: Um. Well, to be honest, before you were a dick about it, I was just gonna slag off the belts. But um, if I had to pick one, I'd probably go where. the thing, there's no titles going into the stars, and no way to tie a feud, so I'd probably just do it where put it, plump it on Saki and um, Torah. I certainly wouldn't be opposed to that happening. Um,
0: but yeah, it's gonna be an interesting match that. Um, the Stardom All Star Rumble then will open the main card, and we've talked before about who is in this match. And I think we've gone through over the last two shows the entrance on the current Stardom roster and the older generation of Joshi as well. I'm not going to go through them again just because there's so many, but we are going to see the in ring, or I think is it the in ring return of Mina Shirakawa? She hasn't gone, she hasn't returned as of yet,
1: so I don't know um, if this is going to be her in ring return. Hang on, let me t- let me tackle for that. Check for the guy shows
0: no and no. So the rumble will be her in ring. So that's going to be nice. She ain't winning, but that's going to be nice. <laughs> um, there's not a chance every, in hell she wins this. Every meaner
1: Shir- she, she's a It's like, oh, that'll be okay. No winning.
0: Um, the interesting thing is who is going to win this. Um, I'm not asking for your prediction, Chris, unless you've got one. Um. <laughs> It it could literally be anything. If they wanted to forward a storyline, you could have Kaguma win it, or you could have um, Rin Katakura win it, or something like that. Um, Just for someone from the current roster, you know, B. Priestley, maybe. But I feel like this is a more face thing, so I feel
1: like a face is probably going to win it. Um, I don't know, Chris, what about you? Same. I think it's just gonna be and it would be funny if it was like the Legends Battle Royal from Mania seventy. <laughs> <laughs> the gobbledygooker, the iron yeah. Sheik. <laughs> I wouldn't imagine if some like I imagine there's a type of battle royal where someone could like shoot uh, win it and no one would notice. <laughs> it's like oh, very suddenly um Starlight like, Kid's looking fucking dominant. What the fuck is going on? Oh, she shot. Okay. <laughs>
0: Um, Looking forward then to the first singles match on the main card. It's the first of our special singles matches with Momu Watanabe taking on Nenei Takahashi from Seedling. Now, I have a feeling that Stardom is going to win one and Seedling is going to win one. Um, That's just my thoughts on this. We have been promised apparently by Rossi Ogawa that this is going to be brutal this match and if that's the case then I am oh so excited um, but I see Nene Takahashi taking this one I must admit I feel like Nene's far more likely to beat Momo than Yoshiko is to beat May- uh, to beat Mayu. yeah we're going
1: to watch her whip she, we're going to watch her Nene um, god you're so embarrassing <laughs> <laughs> there was me man was me Nene me anyway, carry on. I imagine you love that song as a teacher. Oh God, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think this match is going to be grand. If the um brief sections we got them in the tag match is anything to go by, um, I, I think it's even going to be. I think Momo. I don't want to be mean to Momo, but she's probably the most out between her and Mae. She's Mae. She's probably the most disposable. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, she's sort of like the e team of fact, where she can always be depends upon for, for a great match but I don't think we're gonna see her get many opportunities past her white belt run. Um so I think Nanny could win and then also that could set up a red belt match. I think that could be cool.
0: I do like that idea, I must admit, because I hadn't thought about that, so that's a really tasty thought.
1: Especially since it's, she's like blue looking it could be pretty cool because it's like, oh I've beaten you lot twice now give me a belt. Um yeah. and I think that would draw less like if we were to get one of them going for the red belt, I think that would draw less mm-hmm. ire than if Yoshiko did it. Because, um, like like whether like I know a lot of people don't see it that way, but like I don't know, if that's just sort of a reputation Yoshiko has. Like if you click on her cage match profile, that she has so many zeros because of it.
0: It's and like something you... that I think some st- some Joshi fans haven't gone over yet. Definitely. Like,
1: Okay, but like when you first heard Yashika, what did you know her at? What did you know her? Oh god, yeah, absolutely. I thought she's going to be
0: tarred with that. Unfortunately, no matter if she's changed or whatever, she is going to be tarred with that brush. Unfortunately, Um, because it was it was brutal, but It, it was fucking disgusting. Yeah, like. But looking at just this match, and that's that's what we're going to do. We are going to be objective about this. You know, they wouldn't have booked her if they were. In oh no! Any like, way th- concerned that this was going to happen again, and May wouldn't have stepped in the ring with it if she thought that there
1: was going to be any I, sort of issue with this. I think it's less cutting driving that, but I don't think we'd have gotten this far into things if, um, if there was much worry about it. Because by exactly. the looks of what's been posted on Twitter, May and Yashika were friends. I think.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: So, but like in terms of like. Which one of the two I would continue having in stardom, if you were going to bring them back, I think Nene would be the better idea just because of that, especially Mm -hmm. since stardom is currently trying to cultivate an international audience.
0: Looking at the SWA Championship match, then that's up next with the champion, Suri taking on Konami in one of the deeper matches that we didn't realise. Which is amazing. We ran through the background of this story last week, as courtesy again of at one two 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 Dragon Moon um, on Twitter. the The story of this match is amazing. The mentor versus the trainee. Um, if this if this belt didn't have the stipulations it did, the compelling storyline, the compelling narrative is for Konami to win it to finally overtake her master, and then that builds to another match later down the road, potentially for a bigger belt, a red belt, the white belt. However, with the stipulations that this belt inherently comes with, we are going to struggle if Suri drops the belt, because we simply don't have the roster depth to give Konami a decent run with the belt, with decent challenges.
1: The only person, the only two people she could really go go for um, at that point is a Shiri rematch, which, to be fair, wouldn't be a bad thing. No, Um agreed. B, yeah, which isn't going to happen because they're both about to hmm And Julia, who isn't going to happen because she's above the belt.
0: It, it, it like, does and, sort of hamstring the match, especially in the current climate, especially where you know Japan are so
1: constantly on the verge of a case of state of emergency but well, never apparently. but never calling one it's a bit weird um, I say I say weird like it's suspect it's just you know I don't I, I'm
0: not gonna I think they're much. just being careful to be perfectly honest
1: um, but yeah so like honestly it, it would be cool maybe Konami went, like, just pulls it out and then a Shiri rematch but I, I think it will be just Shiri until I think it's gonna just stay on Shiri until gaijins can start coming back and we can start having the revolving door of challenges again then again um they've been bringing in people from new zealand haven't they like on from australia and they have a fairly blossoming scene so that's potentially potentially i know um... but like it's one of those cases where konami could like it's feasible for konami to win but i think just because of what the what it is i'm about and like quite frankly I don't mind that for the belt because otherwise, it kind of just with the white belt and um red belt already existing, it wouldn't have a reason to exist.
0: Something I will say is with Suri holding about the belt, the belt has been completely legitimised. It it does feel like that third belt, and we talked about. It before, I can't remember who asked the question. I think it was Niagara Driver on the Discord. Talked about you know, how, in a similar way to the Never open way Champions, it's seen as that third battle, and it has been galvanized, and it has. Serious champions galvanized this belt, because we've had some fantastic matches. We've had the Momo match, we've had the Izumi match, just to name two.
1: Mm-hmm. It's not, like, quite the point where she dropped it, but her the momentum, was, it's not like a Nakamura reign, where, like, his um, reign of a belt basically carried the prestige WIC title for the rest of its days. I'd say no. RIP, but I hope it dies painfully. Mm-hmm. Um... So, like, she, it's not quite a bad point, but it could if she held on to it for long enough and then ascended, that could be cool. Who knows? But, like, for now, I think it's best to keep on Shiri until you can actually have more people who can challenge it, because everyone who can challenge are either in the same faction as Konami or are above the belt. Yeah, agreed.
0: Match four, then, um, of the main card, and we see our second of the special singles matches with the aforementioned um, Yoshiko taking on Meiwutani. Um... Again, like I said before, I think that we're going to have one seedling victory and we are going to have one stardom victory. And I feel like Mayu is going to take the victory here over Yoshiko.
1: From storytelling perspective, right, that kind of just makes sense because it could have one of Stardom's heroes fall at the start and then that right, puts more going into it. It's like, it's like how Inoki used to book constant outsiders. It's not like constantly happening, like the outside side of heel coming in looking scary, looking um with this scary reputation that people like it like for the most part for i think for a lot of star wars fan, uh, star wars? stardom fans um <laughs> the reputation for unless oh. we've, actually, we've actually went out of the way to see yashiko like we have in the last few weeks like a lot of the reputation she has is through like whispers of mm. like what she did so like that's kind of cool. I, I, that's that's quite a cool vibe, and then that's quite a cool thing for the ace to overcome, especially since May not really had anything, um, apart from like the Tam thing, which sort of got thrown over the wayside. And kind of just, I'm really disappointed about all that. But yeah, I don't see Isika winning here. I'm I'm kind of sad about how half baked the build up has been. I understand it, but I feel like it could have been more. Like I bet there's like more on Twitter or something that I just haven't seen. But like the build up shouldn't be on Twitter.
0: No, agreed. I mean the history between. I mean you look at the Momo versus Nene match, um, match, and they've had the build up. They've had the tag team match. You know, it's it's not been the greatest build up in the world, but it has at least been a build.
1: Whereas you, you think about
0: the history that May and know how I have it was had, when
1: they first turned up, like. At the end of last a huge year, thing, and then how especially it was when they, they did seedling. You could have had more of that, especially mm. since seedling only runs every t- like what two three weeks.
0: It does make sense, and like I say with the history that Mayu and Yoshiko have, you know, they run back to 2011. So you could play on that history, the fact that they are friends, the fact that they are close outside the ring. Build on that mm. story, build on that narrative. Um, but you know if we get VTRs like we did for the great Eve festival, then at least some of that is going to be explained pre-match, but I would have liked to have seen more from this. I would
1: have liked to have seen more for uh, the build. And it, it has been a bit flat. You're right. Especially given how fucking hot that, and that first segment was, how, how oh God, we, yeah, we praised about two, like we gave up two segments and two podcasts just to talk about complete exactly. madness. It's, it was, like, such an exciting thing. We were so hyped. And I'm still hype. It's still going to be fucking great. But it, it could have been something more. It could. You're absolutely right. It could. Like, even, like, even, like uh, the... Because, uh, like, for example, Takumi Oroho only really showed up for her two Mayu matches and then one, um, other, other one. But, like, she felt more like a looming presence of the Mayu. She was like, that person who came in, beat Mayu, and then, like, it was sort of... Clearly playing on May for the rest of the year. That's not really been that because, like, May's barely even mentioned her.
0: Mm. I think as well you've got to think that May's in like three feuds.
1: Yeah, that's the thing because like that time one is still basically not over. She's in a feud with Oeditai, and mm-hmm. she's in this feud with Ishika. Like, it's a bit, it's a bit muddled. It's very muddled. Like, it, I feel like I'd be more excited for this match if I hadn't watched for build up. Yeah, Like no, I get, um, I get that. Like in terms looking at this kind of like most matches have benefited from the build up. The only ones that have really suffered like imperfection is Natspoy and Zoom because of how Natspoy's been booked and this because there's been nothing. Like everything else sort is like there's at least something there to bite on. There's nothing to bite on for this match other than like it being a bit of a dream match. Hmm. And I'm sure there's more history to bite on, but it's not been shown on programming. No. Like no, even, it, uh, it should have been. Like, the Konami and Shiri stuff, that's not over with the Shonen programming, but at least happened in the fucking press conference. Just- Let's move on then.
0: Um, the Red Belt Championship match then, the World of Stardom, the champion Utami Haya in a third defence against Sayak Kamatani, the challenger. We've talked a lot about this, Chris. Um, we've talked ad-, ad nauseum, really, about this. I think both of us think Utami is going to win this. Um, I know that you are a little bit sceptical about
1: the amount of moves that Saya has introduced. It's not not just the amount of moves. It's like I feel she could have saved some. Like I understand her introducing match enders and, and like I understand her introducing new finishes because she needed that. She could have saved for Tope to for this. She could have saved. A couple of other, other of the big moves she pulled out just because she could. Like, she didn't have to pull out stuff like that at, like, a Shinkiko face shit, I can't say that properly. Shows. Shinjuku face. Yeah, Shinjuku face shows or, at like, Shinkiba shows. Like, mm. it's it kind of needless at that point. And also, because, like, the, her showing what she has with moves in her arsenal haven't been a replacement for... Which could have shown, like she, because there's two points in the lead up to this that have been really good, and that's her almost beating Utami in the Queen's Quest Civil War, mm-hmm. and then her pinning Utami in the um far away. Yeah, beyond that, she's kind of just not been positioned as the challenger, but she is.
0: I agree and I disagree. We we talked about this a length last podcast, Um and I completely see where you're coming from. Um, she's been getting victories, but perhaps they haven't been the high-profile victories that she would have been getting. Um, and I think, you know, she hasn't been built as, as strongly as Micah was built on the lead-up to the 10th anniversary show. Yeah. You know, and Micah you men-
1: was built up really, really strongly. You mentioned that Momo was built, like, about, like, less, not as strongly, but, like, Momo's an established name. She, she's yeah. had a... She's, like, a legacy name. It's like how you can insert... I don't know. Like you, you like tomorrow. You could insert Okada into the title picture in New Japan, and people will be like, "Yeah, that makes sense." Even it'll be a shit match. Um, like in like. WWE, but the reason someone like Dolph Ziggler and Randy Orton constantly gets random title matches is because they've been in that scene for ages, and it makes sense just to slot them in. Hmm. Say is a new face. You really needed to do more than you have.
0: I hope this match is great. Mm. I think this match will be really good. I know that there's been um, crowd photos of... They had to cut um, a little bit out of the main event of the Kyoto show, I believe, mm. um, because Saya went for the tope and Mr. Shilani really nastily on her neck. The impact looks horrendous.
1: Well, she only um, landed on the apron number one at Zendiko's um, face, didn't she? Mm.
0: And uh, <laughs> potentially she is trying to introduce too much, and I, I understand that. Maybe a little bit of it is pressure. Um, maybe she just didn't get the elevation. Who knows? Um, I think this will be good. I think Utami will win. Say will feel elevated, but she will go back down the card, um, potentially to that tag title scene. Um, maybe charge for the white belt in a couple of months. Um, but I think this is going to be more of an elevation job for Saya than. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say a serious red belt challenge because that diminishes the match, but you get you understand what I mean, I imagine.
1: Yeah, I, th- I don't know. I feel like beside like I think we I understand the statement. I really really understand the statement, especially as more pla like you look at um New Japan or Japan, um, Noah and DDT. We all have fairly old champions. Like even though Ibushi looks baby faced, he's what thirty eight. Like they um, don't have yes. they don't have young champions. Like so it's a it's a good statement to have, especially um, since a lot of people have an issue with the older champions, but like quite frankly, I think it's a case by case basis. But um I feel if you wanted to make that statement there might have been better young people on the card. I, like mm. I don't know, I feel like I, I it's bad because I really understand and I really respect the sentiment they're going for. But is it? I think they should have built that up either longer or better, or just saved it for like one of the different, like save a side defense for say Yokohama and give Utami a big win. Hmm. Like, and she has had two big wins in a feud in a rain to be fair because she beat Mayo to get it and she beat Momo to keep it in her first defense. But I don't know because, like, when you look at what people like, even, not like is not everyone like. A, gonna say most people don't watch every stardom show and there's a reason for that and i understand why but you look at like twitter discourse what people are most disappointed in going into this into this show it's for saya utami Hmm. and they even needed to do more to make it a more exciting prospect or they had to pick something else
0: Last match on the card, then the main event, the Wonder of Stardom Championship match, and Loser loses their hair match between the champion Julia in her seventh defense of the belt against the title challenger, Tam Nakano. Um, This has been built up tremendously. I don't think either of us can argue about the build to this. I think it's been great. It's been the most well-built match on the entire card, as you would hope with it being the main event. It's the hottest feud Stardom have going at the moment. Um, Again, illustrating just how good at TAM is building a story. And it goes to show how well that both women have done when you consider this feud went cold and then they've reignited it almost instantaneously.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, um, like obviously not on the same level, but like how Okada and Tanahashi can stay away from each other for ages and then yeah. come back together and it's been just pick up where they left off. I think that's really good. But one thing I will say about that... well there's two things I want to say about this. One, Tam has to win. We've discussed this at Narnian. One hundred percent, one hundred percent. I don't know where the fuck she goes if she loses. I think Tam needs to win. Um, B, if you'd told me, um, they, no, B, I, I have three things actually. Sorry, um, B, if you'd told me this time last year that I'd be hyped for a Julia match, I wouldn't have fucking believed you. Mm. But I am hyped for this match. I think it's going to be brutal. Absolutely. And lastly. Um, make sure it doesn't go over twenty five because it doesn't go well when we go over twenty five these two. When, when that match No. It was so it was so dull. So dull. Make sure like these two are best. And like how long was their Yokohama show? Uh Yokohama match rather.
0: Um, I'll have a quick look. You carry on talking.
1: Because um, my favorite match with theirs is in the five star that was like what, ten minutes long? a, a little over? Like these two work best in short-contained bursts, not in long epics. And I really hope we don't force it to be an epic, as is Babushi Roadway. <laughs> um, their match at
0: Yokohama went seven, uh, just a nod over seventeen minutes, which is the perfect time. And we I both think, said how much perfect. we enjoyed that match. I, I agreed. You've got this burning hatred between the two women. Okay? you are going to go technical go, exchange. Exactly. Don't. You're going to go balls to the wall in this. Mm. This is like the hottest thing in stardom. They are going to go absolutely hell. I mean, they've already started on these last two shows in Nagoya. They've already started tearing each mm. other's hair out. But
1: that's um, the thing. Stardom as committed to formula as a new Japan, but there is a stardom main event formula, and most of that is built around being sh- fairly short, contained matches. Mm. I hope they keep to that, because they've experimented with going long, and the only time it really works is the half an hour draw between Julia and Shiri, and that's mostly because that was shocking. Like, you didn't expect yeah. that. Well, you kind of did, because we were pre-arising.
0: We but, did. Like, we sort of did, yeah. You, you we sort of guessed.
1: Like, where well, you get a lot of draws in stand you don't get a lot of championship match draws. At least not no. while I've been watching. So, that stood out, whereas when Tam and Julie went 28 minutes before, it was like... Mm. There was another long match that I'm thinking of that didn't go well, but point is, this is a roster that works best in a, with a contained time. Agreed. And I just hope they don't... Because, like, again, it's... I think there's been efforts to... Would New Japan Ice be a mean way to put it? Like, stardom? Just because of The association with Booty Road, I feel like there may have been efforts to do that because they think that's what appeals to Western fans. But really, back when stuff like that happens, you just kind of roll your eyes because it's like, why? Like, but like, I'm saying that because that's a massive F. Because I don't think we're gonna, I think, I think at this point, three matches in, they know what worked for these two. They experimented with going along and it didn't work. We're not going to do it again. No, no, agree. I hope, Agreed. I hope. Like, I, I've learned after, like, so many years of being let down, never to, like, give people the complete benefit of a doubt. I think they're good enough at basic pattern recognition to know to make this fairly contained. And also, because you might need time at the end to actually shave the person.
0: That is true. That is true. And if we know anything from shaving heads, it is that the clippers never fucking work. Oh, they never so work. Uh, yeah, Do, let's Just hope. use
1: hair removal cream. Is that an actual thing, or is that just, like, voodoo you see in, like, TV shows? I can't tell if you're being serious or not. I don't I've never used hair removal cream, so I don't know if it's actually real. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's real. Oh, it's real. Okay.
0: Yeah, it it's a thing. Um okay. Just quickly then, uh before we move I'm not gonna do all the questions, so I apologise if we don't get to your question. Um we're just gonna we need to uh, we need to finish rather soon. Um, I do just want to say before we do go into the odd question that um, there is a possibility for those that balk at the price that Stardom are releasing this pay per view for internationally. You can get it for quite literally a couple of dollars um, because it's live on Samurai TV now. Obviously, you can only access that in Japan. However, you can also get um, Isekura which is basically where you can watch Japanese television. Um, It's a couple of dollars, I think, to sign up for that. It's relatively easy to navigate. However, if you're going to do that, you need to basically give it a day to sort of sort itself out, okay, and to navigate the website and everything before you do it. And you can also watch it video on demand using that as well. So
1: basically, if you want to sort of out, watch it, um, do it like as we tell you now.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Listen to this podcast, do it now, basically. Uh,
1: alternatively, if you like, don't buy a VPN to get this, but if you have a VPN, you can just put yourself in Japan and job for good and
0: Exactly, exactly. Um, Although try I'd and watch it up. live, because it would do it's, wonders for stardom for you to do it live.
1: What time does it start here again? Um,
0: it is, I think... Oh, you've surprised me now <laughs> off the top of my head.
1: It's, it's it four, 4 o'clock,
0: p- it's 4 p.m., I think the prologue starts at 4.30 p.m., which I think we worked out was 7.30 in the morning. And I think the card starts at 9.00. I think. I think. I am going
1: to double-check that, just so we don't get angry people. Yeah, Um, if you could. 4.00 p.m. Japan time to...
0: Yeah, it's 4.00 p.m. Japan time, starts the prologue. I think it's about half for the program, and then the 6 o'clock is the main card. So Yeah,
1: so that's 7.00 a.m. So
0: the main card's going to start at 9.00.
1: It's better than Wrestle Kingdom. You have to get up a fucking six for Wrestle Kingdom, don't you? Fucking so. ass
0: cracker, dawn, don't you? Exactly. Yeah, and
1: you end up getting a shit wrestling show. Whereas here you'll wake up and get a good wrestling show.
0: Um, basically, what we're going to do is any questions that aren't pertaining to Budokan, we're going to leave till next week. Um, What I want to do is just want to answer this question, Chris, uh, just because it, it specifically pertains to results at Budokan. It's from Velkage in our Discord, and he says, Let's say Julia is losing in the main event. How long do you think, and how many defences, and against whom will Tam get? I think both of us have said that, absolutely, Tam is winning this. Mm. Um, She has to, to complete the story arc, she has to win this. Um, I would like to see her have a really long reign with the belt. Um, I'd like to see her defend against the likes of, I'd like to see a Saki, Um, I'd like to see an Izumi, um, both, I think, would be really, really good competitors for Tam. Ultimately, I mean, you look at who would potentially beat... Maybe at the anniversary show, have the blow-off against Mayu. Maybe. Something yeah. like that.
1: I think you need, if you want that to happen, you need to find time to reignite that feud.
0: That's the issue. That's the issue that we've got at the moment. We've got that, mon- that many things going on for stars, and Mayu in particular, that the cosmic angels feud has sort of fallen by the wayside, especially as they've been building the Julie versus Tam thing. It's sort of fallen by the wayside, so they've got to reignite that. Which is why I think if we give them long enough, they can reignite that. I mean, the Julia Tam entire feud has proved that that they can ignite it on a dime.
1: To be um, fair, the cost them the cosmic angels feud. I mean, maybe even a jungle. Yeah, Jungle would be cool. Here's the thing with time, I think it's either going to be a long reign or a surprisingly short reign. It's going to be one of them.
0: It's not going to be an in
1: between feud. Yeah, I think it's literally just going to be either like a Momo reign or uh, like when Naito first won the belt. Like you did it to get the moment and now quickly move on.
0: Okay, so both of us, let's do four defenses. Who would you like? Let's say that it is a longer feud, a longer. Tal Rain. each of us give four people they'd like to see Tam defend against for the Y belt. Um, So for me, and I'm sure we'll have some overlap here, but for me, I would like to see her defend against Micah. Give Micah that elevation. I'd like to see her defend, like I said, against Azumi. I'd like to see Saki have a match. I think that will be a good defense. I think Saki's deserved it, especially for what she's done throughout the tai and even through the bullshit tai times, she was easily the most entertaining thing about it. Um, and, do you know what? I'd like to see Saya Matani go for it. What about you,
1: Chris? Yeah, in terms of like what could naturally go into, I think another DDM member would be a good idea. You could go worse than Micah, but I think I'd go for Shuri, just because she's running out of SWA things and she's had overlap already, so that could be a good one. Um, it's, again it depends on how long she holds it when's jungle expected back it's looking roughly about September I think ok so cause if you have a holder ok so if you have in my head you have two defences between now so I'd make that Shiri and be Priestley because she needs something big because she's starting to get lost in the shuffle
0: it wouldn't surprise me if B's a red belt challenger soon
1: yeah I can see that um and then have someone beat him with a five star, maybe someone shocking, maybe have a starlight do it, have a rematch. I like it. I like it a lot. And then post five star have jungle come back and beat her. If I was to if I was constrained to the four belt thing. Because then that's four yeah. months programming and the five actually no, that's that doesn't take us to the five because 'cause five stars in September. Yeah. Oh well. <laughs> <laughs> eh, be fine. <laughs> um So,
0: ladies and gentlemen, um, we've reached the end of the podcast. Um, Hopefully, obviously, um, you'll all be watching the Budokan show. I am sure it will be a fantastic show. We can't wait to review it here for you on the podcast. But in the meantime, subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Um, Apple, Google, um, Spotify, SoundCloud, wherever you get your podcasts. Please go and check us out. We are everywhere. Leave us a five-star review and a comment, just any sort of comment will help us out massively and it helps us go up and down the rankings so please go and do that for us, that would really help us out go and check out the website www.podmania.co.uk we can check out all of our match ratings including the matches that we've rated tonight um, you can talk to us on Twitter at, at the Stardom Cast. Um, Join our Discord. It's, I believe, pinned at the top of our Twitter in the podcast notes, so go and check that out. It's a really good place to be. Uh, Really good if you're a noob to Joshi like I am. Really, really good historical information from the guys in there, so please go and check that out. Um, We also have merch if you fancy buying... And wearing some of our stuff, why not? No pressure. But we'll go and check it out. Some of it's quite fun. Um and finally you can talk to me on Twitter it's at Real Rob Goodwin. Chris, where can they find you? Um at Quithlov. And we shall see you very, very soon for our Budacan review. Until then, we'll see you guys again soon.